The Mackenzie River flows 90 miles from Clear Lake in the Cascades to its confluence with the Willamette River near Eugene. This sound is from the river north of the city. The Mackenzie is important for 200,000 people living in Lane County. Janine Parisi with the Eugene Water and Electric Board explains. The Mackenzie River is incredibly important to our community. It is the sole source of drinking water for 200,000 people who live in Lane County. Because it's in such a natural state, we're very fortunate because it's so clean even in its raw form. So we, you know, we want to keep it as clean and pristine as possible so that we have the least amount of treatment required to make it safe for our community to drink. And we're really fortunate that way. For 14 years, Joe Moll has been the executive director of the Mackenzie River Trust. The Eugene-based nonprofit group buys land along the river, and it enters into agreements with riverside landowners, both for the sake of conservation. The Mackenzie is at the heart of Moll's job. He'll me understand why other people should care about the river, too. Thank you again, Joe, for joining me today. You're the leader of the Mackenzie River Trust, and... I just was wondering, how is the Mackenzie River doing? What's its health report look like? Yeah, well, thanks for the opportunity, Dylan. I really appreciate it. You know, every time we think about or work on a river project, we get reminded of how fortunate we are. The Mackenzie River is in good shape. And from a fundamental level, the Mackenzie River continues to flow. And maybe that's a firm grasp of the obvious, but just the geology that drives rain and snowfall up high on volcanic soils that allows that water to then enter a deep reservoir beneath the high cascades and reemerge in places like Clear Lake five to seven to ten years later means we've got a constant supply of clear, clean, ice-cold water that enters the river. You contrast that with what's happening in the Sierra where decreased snowpack means less runoff. They don't have that same kind of volcanic filter. What lands on that granite comes off that granite and what doesn't, doesn't. So we're buffered to some degree by big changes. Uh, Having said that, we continue to love being close to the river. We continue to build and live and work along and play along the river and we can't help but have an impact on the river. So I think that um, UWeb and others that are looking at water quality, there's no alarm bells, but they're seeing trends. Things are showing up in, in river water, whether it's McKinsey or elsewhere, that we have to think about, wait a minute, do we want that in our water? Chemicals, things just from everyday life, things that we put on our lawns, things that come off of the vehicles as we drive down our highways, all of that impacts water quality. At the same time, given what is happening with our climate, things are warming, and the Mackenzie River is is warming as well. It comes out of the ground as ice cold as it ever did, but as it moves downstream, it gets warmer and warmer. So it, the the things are good with the river, but the trends there are, there are some trends that are concerning that we need to be thoughtful about. And a lot of our work is to be both thoughtful and offer ways to sort of slow that trend or maybe even reverse it in some places. What all things putting pressure on the Mackenzie River? So we've chosen to live along the banks of the Mackenzie and the Willamette River as they come through Springfield and, and Eugene. And every time we build closer to the river and we put ourselves in the floodplain, 
whether it's a, a residence or a roadway or any infrastructure, we take a risk because we know that rivers do flood. Even with the dams upstream, we will continue to have high water. We will continue to have floods. Sometimes they will be catastrophic. There's no stopping that. The dams are not big enough to do that. And so when we do that, the response is to buffer ourselves against floods, typically with revetments, building walls, building dikes. That simplifies a river, and from an ecological and river health perspective, that's a bad thing. It doesn't help a river to have a dike or to be constrained. These rivers are most healthy when they're able to access their floodplain, when young fish that are moving downstream can get into those side channels. And historically, we've just continued to simplify that. We've even done things like taken trees and wood out of the river itself and simplified its internal structure as well. That also contributes to a decline in, in river health. And then, as I mentioned before, you know, just the detritus of our daily life gets washed away literally and ends up in the river. And even some of the most, quite honestly, shocking things we've discovered in recent years globally is you know, even our well-meaning puffy jackets, uh, the synthetic fabrics, have these tiny microfibers that make it through our laundry machines, make it through our water treatment systems, and get into the river and are ending up in detectable levels in oceans. So just, just living with and living on a river comes with a certain amount of responsibility that we're impacting it simply by being close to it and drawing upon it. The other thing is because we're so fortunate, a lot of people want to come here, move here. I, I moved here 14 years ago in part because of, of the water and the river. That is going to continue to grow, especially as in other regions, the climate makes it less habitable. Places like the McKenzie are going to become more and more destination points for people who are moving because of changes in climate. We have some a resource that more and more people are going to be drawing on for agriculture, for daily life, for the economic drivers, for simply its presence as a river. Given that, what is your group, the McKenzie River Trust, and, and others doing to protect the river? really try to work with people who share that value that you know the river provides value to us because we can draw on it we can use it for drinking water or the tea i'm drinking now or the beer that's brewed here but it also has value in and of itself in stream flowing past us it brings calm it brings physical health we know that access to natural areas and flowing water reduces blood pressure has all sorts of household benefits and so what we're trying to do is work with people who say, you know, let's keep the river uh, as it is and perhaps give back some of that floodplain to it. So where there are opportunities for the trust to work with a landowner who maybe is interested in selling their property or in keeping their property whole and not developing it and allowing the river to come back into it in some cases, allowing those big riparian forests to grow or some of those side channels to, to grow specifically working with some landowners who want to have things like Oregon chub or other native species that are have been impacted, uh, a, a refuge of sorts. We work with them on land transactions, on real estate deals, on land management work. And then watershed councils like the Long Tom and the McKinsey Watershed Council, the Middle Fork and the Coast Fork and other restoration and conservation groups. Similarly, helping people who want to help the river that is right there at their feet. I think that this, the planning that the cities of Springfield and Eugene are doing, uh, 
what it means to be an urban area at the confluence of two rivers, it's only going to become more critical in having a, this community conversation about what it means to have these rivers in, in the heart of our cities is going to be more and more important. So we're trying to create forums, bring in speakers, have workshops that uh, give people the chance to share their thoughts on that vision so that we can make good decisions about how to be good, good citizens of the river. When it comes to rivers, there's the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act that recently hit its 50th anniversary. What's the mm-hmm. significance of this milestone, and what has the act done for the Mackenzie River? It's interesting. I, I think um, for a long time, when, when I think it's fair to say, when most people think of the Mackenzie, they think of the upper river, that wild, ice blue bone-chilling cold part of the river that is just stunningly beautiful in and of itself. Whether you're an angler or a hiker or a poet or a painter or just somebody who likes to end the work day and go sit by the river. Having those those places to recreate, to sort of recreate ourselves called out in something like the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act. That was one of the big drivers, that the recognition that for our communal health, for our personal health, those places are important to keep whole. Um, that was a big thing. I mean, that happened right before, or no, I'm sorry, right after I was born. So I guess I would have been about four years old when that came on board. So for people like you and me, we've grown up with that. There have always been government programs and community recognitions and stories and celebrations around that. But think about that. That's a pretty recent phenomenon. What I think is nice now is more and more people are recognizing that not just the wild and scenic section, but the river, the working river as it comes right through our town, as we draw our drinking water from it, as we draw our irrigation water from it. It's that same river and trying to make that mental connection between protected areas in some places and working areas in other places and how do we better integrate so that it's not just okay that it's protected in one place and we don't have to worry about it in others, but we see that fully connected living river. I think that growing awareness, that recognition of the river is something that's very much integrated in our community and in our economic welfare. That's a really strong, positive trend in my mind. The more people can think about the river, yes, as wild and scenic, but also a part of my daily life, the glass of water that's on my desk right now. That, that's going to be critical for us to, to, to make the difficult decisions we're going to have to make in the future about what it means to be good stewards of that, of that river. What is it about the Mackenzie River that makes it worth protecting under the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act? The unique geology of the Mackenzie produces this steady flow all year long of cold, clean water at the most fundamental economic means level, that's a supply of a building block of a community, of an economy. And so we have an, a tremendous natural tap. And protecting that source is critical for everything that goes, not just through our Eugene Springfield area, but all the way down through Corvallis and Salem on the Willamette, all the way through Portland to the Columbia. People rely on that flow. Then at the same time, we continue to recognize as we become, I think, more and more stressed in some ways in a a hectic daily life, that the access that we still have to wild natural areas and those fundamental connections that we as human beings have with nature 
are, are really important to our, our, our health, our mental health, our physical health, and our community health. So to have that home to return to, I mean, like a salmon that goes out to the ocean and comes back home to the river, I think it's that sort of meta- metaphor or allegory or whatever it is, that's important to us as a people. It helps identify us, helps reassure us, and it helps us be good, be good citizens. I don't know how many folks in Eugene know this, but the Mackenzie River is Eugene's water source. What can residents yeah. do to help the river? That's a great, great question. Yeah, think of that. Every bit of drinking water that we get out of our taps in Eugene comes from that river. Every drop of water that the people of Springfield and outlying areas get through wells and other contracts comes from, from that river. It's growing to recognize it, it, the demands are growing on that river. And, and one thing that we can do is recognize that, wow, that's great. We also need to do better with our other rivers and really invest in the conservation and the restoration of the health of the coast fork of the Willamette and the middle fork of the Willamette and the long tom. We're going to need that water throughout our community in the coming centuries. And the Mackenzie is a great source. The other rivers also are a great source, but they are more heavily impacted. So perhaps ironically, one thing that we can do to help the Mackenzie River is to think about taking some pressure off of it by um, investing in the conservation and the restoration of those other rivers, working with the communities there so that we begin to see the entire upper Willamette Basin as a resource, the water resource that it is. 50 years from now, people are really going to be thankful that we have improved quality in the other basins besides the Mackenzie and the other rivers because the Mackenzie will increasingly be uh, limited by the amount of water that we can draw on it and the quality of it as well. I think that that awareness, not just of feeling that everything's okay because we have the Mackenzie River, but recognizing it. Yeah, the quality of the water in Amazon Creek has a connection to our impacts on the Mackenzie. The quality of the water in the Long Tom, the Coast Fork, and the Middle Fork, all of that's connected. This is all one big network that we need to really care for and love. What else would you want to tell Register Guard readers about the Mackenzie River? I think that we spend a lot of time looking away, taking trips, and thinking about other places. But we have so much magic right in our backyard, and there are so many ways that people can become involved, not just in in experiencing it as a viewer or maybe an angler, but to care for it. There are so many groups, watershed councils, friends groups like Friends of Buford Park, certainly the volunteer programs we have at the McKenzie River Trust allow people to get involved, to care for it directly. Some landowners can are able to do that simply by where they live, caring for the water that flows through their property that might flow into the Mackenzie, bringing in more native vegetation, maybe, maybe pulling the lawn back a little bit from the edge of the river and letting the native vegetation come back. All of those things will, will contribute. And the more people can recognize it, you know, 30 minutes, 10 minutes in some cases, 30 minutes, an hour out our door, we've got this incredible world-class treasure, and we do well to both celebrate it, enjoy it, and to, to love it and take care of it. Thanks so much for all that, Joe. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, happy to do it, John. I cover the environment and outdoors for the Register Guard in Eugene, Oregon. To find the story that accompanied this audio file, please visit registerguard.com. This is Dylan Darling in the Register Guard Newsroom.